Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're sitting in the studio. We don't have a guest today. No, we don't. Uh, we had a great guest last week. That was amazing. Dr. Dovick was incredible. I've had several calls on you know, how well that was. You know what, Larry? I think we need to... We probably need to repeat that one, put that one on the air again soon. You, you know? know what she said? What's that? Would you like a third co-host? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? You know, we she could did. do it. She fits right in. There's no she question does. about it. Yeah. And I think if we uh, both kind of focus in on that lifestyle medicine I talked about, yeah, yeah, that would be very cool. It would be uh, something that a real adjunct to the show. But she was right. fabulous. Really, yeah. really enjoyed. A lot that. of calls on her last week. Nice, nice, yeah. absolutely. She, we showed up yeah. on. Uh, her social media feed yeah. and whatnot, so it's really, really exciting. But we're going we're gonna to hit that one up yeah. again because I think anybody that missed that is going to want to hear that again. And, and we may replay that along the way. Yeah, too. absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, what are we going to talk about today, Larry? I mean, I don't. I have. We have to like draw straws as yeah. to who gets to bring up the, <clears throat> yeah, the we got, we uh, got less got than so comfortable discussion stuff going on. Yeah, we do. We'll see. what We can get to this month is colorectal cancer awareness month. It sure Dr. is. Mark. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And as a physician. And you probably are more comfortable talking about this than most other people because yeah. most people aren't comfortable talking about this. No, I tell you, I guess you reach a certain age where you start discussing it more. Right. But, uh, but most of the time, and, and that's one of the problems, is this is something that happens to people yeah. much younger than than, well, than we think, right? Yeah, when let, you get that idea, like, this is an old man's disease, <clears throat> and it's actually not. Well, it used to be, maybe. But, mm-hmm. you know, colon cancer is the third most common cancer type worldwide. Right. And in and in 2000, there were almost 2 million cancers diagnosed. It's the second most common cause of cancer death, Yep, leading to almost a million deaths a year, Dr. Mark. And, you know, the, the real byline on that is it is one of the more preventable yes. cancers as far as death is concerned. And so that's why it's so incredibly important yep. that, that we try to catch these cancers yep. early, right. which is the whole point. Yep. of colon cancer month. And, and you know, I just saw some articles recently when I was doing the research on this. More people under the age of 40 are being diagnosed yes. with colon cancer than ever before. Yep, and and it's sort of twofold. Um, it's, it's we are doing more diagnostic processes. Yes. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so the idea is we don't really believe that it's increasing necessarily in the population – but if we catch it Awareness. earlier, yep. the outcomes are going to be a lot better. Well, let's talk about the three diagnostic tools we have for colon cancer, Dr. Mark. All righty. The first one, obviously, is a colonoscopy. Yep. And that is the number one way. It's kind of the gold detect. standard, right? It is. Right. It's a gold and standard. Not only does the colonoscopy detect, detect colon cancer, mm-hmm. but it'll detect polyps get, that can be removed during that process. Right. And it can catch. Okay. A polyp that has a little bit of like a cancer in situ, okay. which means just you know it's it's only kind in that on the polyp. Surface. It yeah. doesn't go down to the stalk or the base of the polyp. Okay, and essentially that's a cure. Yeah, you know. Okay, uh, but it can also detect early cancer yeah. that is more invasive yep. that that would require surgery. Right, but if it catches it early, that you know it's going to yeah. catch it in an earlier stage. Well, you know that's one of the quality metrics on almost all of our value based programs. Right, that is a high weighted, meaning a three times weighted 
metric that it has to be all of our yeah right so all the, of our and the current suggestion if I'm I'm doing it by memory but is it uh, they can they if you have a family history of colon cancer that's number one then yep. you want to get a colonoscopy earlier is that at age forty five uh, age forty five to to seventy okay yep. and well you want to get yep. your first one at forty five first one at forty five if yep. you don't have a history then you can just get one at age fifty that's correct and if that is normal. Then you can wait 10 right. years. But, you know, the interesting part is now they're recommending not even to do a colonoscopy over the age of 70. Yeah, yeah. If you do not have a family history okay. and you've had negative colonoscopies going forward, and we might touch on this when you're – I don't want to jump, jump the gun, but you're going to talk about other detection Yes, tests. Yes. And depending on the data that we get there, because the data on colonoscopy, you know, it's still coming in, right? right. So so the age idea, because initially it was, okay, you get it at 50 and then you do it every five years. Well, then data came in that said, well, if you did it at 50 and it was negative, the chance of you having anything going on in five years is very low. So you push okay. it out to 60. Right. And that was about the same time they said, if you've got a family history, we're catching them too late. When it's 50. Okay. Because we, that's where it comes in that we're seeing mm-hmm. people as young, younger than 40 that were detecting cancers. Because most of the time, there's no symptom. Certainly in early colon cancer, right. you have no symptom. You don't necessarily have blood in the stool. You certainly don't have any pain. You don't have any change in your dietary stuff. Right, right. And so you just, you have no idea. So it's, you it's may very not silent. even know. No, you don't know. You don't know. <clears throat> okay. And about, if I recall correctly, more than 30% of the colon cancers actually occur in that, what we call the distal or the end of the colon. Okay. So from anus to rectum, like not that right. far up, because your colon is quite a few feet long. Yeah. And so you can occur in any any part of that colon. Okay. And so you kind of figure with that <clears throat> being the case that it would be equally spread throughout the colon and is not. Yeah. And that's kind of good yeah. news because they're easier to detect right. closer to the exit. And when people are detected through a colonoscopy mm-hmm. of colon cancer, they can perform what they call a colon resection. Right. And take, You've probably done this, oh, yes, right, Dr. Mark? Talk sure. about Absolutely. it then. You're well, the so, doctor. So the idea is... You have a colonoscopy and they identify something. Mm-hmm. They take a biopsy, which is either going to mean they're going to remove that polyp. Right. Or if it's not a polyp and it's sessile or stuck to the mm-hmm. tissue, they're going to take a biopsy of that. Okay. So if that comes back as a cancer, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be referred on to an oncologist and a, sur- a surgeon, mm-hmm. and they're going to do a few things. They're going or to, a colorectal going to, surgeon. Yeah, colorectal yep. surgeon mm-hmm. or general surgeon. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have, a, have other studies done because we want to look and see what the possibilities of spread are right. are there some right. suspicious lymph nodes on a right. ct scan and then 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 you may proceed to an excision and what they do at the excision depends upon what stage they suspect okay what size of the cancer and the location of the cancer okay but you want to go in and well now most, can colon cancer metastasize of as course well? absolutely so okay. it's explain it's, what that means so it's the number one metastasis is when the cancer goes usually by the bloodstream or the lymphatic stream to okay. another place okay that can be brain bone liver with with colon cancer it's most commonly seen in the liver Okay. It can go other places, but that's the most <clears throat> and that's common. Very place. dangerous when it gets there, right? Well, it's it's a it upstages you. So it's okay. so the idea is if you get that CT scan and you see something in the liver, you have to biopsy that as well because we're going to treat that okay. first with chemotherapy as opposed to jumping right to surgery, right? And, unless it's located in an area where resection would be very easy. But once you see it metastasized, the tricky part is you might just see one lesion in the liver, but that's the one that's big enough that you can see. But if, okay. if it's metastasized, we know that 
the, that the bad cells have traveled away from the primary spot. So, so there's a reasonable chance that there are other areas that we just can't see yet. And okay. having said that, that I mean that's the that's the purpose of chemotherapy right, right. is to kill the cancer cells that we cannot see. Okay, and, and, go ahead. and so if you're diagnosed or you have history of colon cancer, right. What we're recommending that you get a colonoscopy as early as possible. Well, that not early. I mean, yeah. that could be at two years old. So age so, forty, or, or age four, yeah. forty to forty-five. Yeah, 40 yeah, to 45. yeah. Okay. and and again, you know, we we try to lump these things together. And what is mm-hmm. a a positive history, right? So right. if the history is that your mother and father had colon cancer, you better be looking it's really pretty early. high risk. Yeah. If it's that, you know, what if it's I, like an aunt or an uncle. Well, usually if it's more than a first degree relatives, mm-hmm. it's not that common. Okay. And and what we've seen there there are gene related syndromes that link to okay. colon cancer. Okay. So you can see patterns in families. So it can be the aunt and your and your parent, mm-hmm. and you see that passing down. Right. In that case. You're gonna. They're gonna suggest to do some gene evaluations. And interestingly, we talk about uh, Ancestry.com and 23andMe. Right. And I know the 23andMe has a medical eval, and they actually look for some of these these cancers. And there are the other tendencies. there are other study groups. Yeah. Well, they're they're actual genes, and they're not okay. they're not tendencies. They're genes that oh, say you've got the bad gene. You got the bad gene. So now, you. if you have okay. the bad gene, it doesn't mean you automatically have cancer. It means that you're at a much higher risk. And there's gotcha. we've identified a number of different syndromes that that right. include colon cancer as part of that syndrome. So if you have that suspicion based on a family history. You might end out. Yeah. You might end out having that that gene test. Okay. And as I said, you know, probably the the quickest way to do these things is most of those tests are fairly expensive. Some are covered by insurance, some are right, not. Right. And the well, most uh, 20, colonoscopies are covered by insurance. Yes. yes. The, well, if they're they they are typically covered. Symptoms, yeah. yeah. Well, if they're a screening colonoscopy is always right. covered if you right. have insurance. That's right. That's right. And if it's for something else, if it's for right. a purpose to identify if they're looking for pain or there was bleeding or some other thing, right, right. then then it may have a different level of uh-huh. coverage. Okay. But uh, but typically the screening things means it doesn't even come off your deductible. Okay. It's, it's totally covered. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, those numbers that I gave you that are 2 million cases diagnosed a year and a million deaths, those are worldwide. Gotcha. Let's bring it down to the U.S. Okay. In 2023, it's expected that we're going to have almost 53,000 deaths in America from Mm -hmm. colon cancer. And, and basically when you break it down, it's one in 23 females. No, one in 23 males, one in 23 males and one in 26 uh, females. Right. So it's a little more common in men. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it is, I mean, one in one in the twenties. I mean, that's, that's That's, extremely common. It is. Yeah. And now again, that's, that's the diagnosis of colon cancer, not death. And, you know, we have to really be, be mindful of how we look at these things. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons that people don't have screening processes is they are like, they don't want to know. Right. And so if, if it was, you get screened and there's nothing we can do and you're going to die, people are, or I'm not, I just don't want to know. Right. Well, in this case, there are lots of things you can do. And the earlier you catch it, yeah. I mean, that's true with many, many, many cancers. Yes. But in colon cancer, it's very, very well identified that yeah. if we catch it early, your outcomes should be much better. Right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, we talk about the one in twenty six and one in twenty three. Right now, the data in America says that there are twenty million pe- Americans eligible for colorectal cancer screening who have not been screened. Doctor Mark. 
Well, this goes back to when we talked to Dr. Dovik about how few people who are technically qualified yeah. to have less bariatric surgery and yeah. less than 1% mm-hmm. do it. It's out there. It's covered. It, I mean, there's it's it's on TV. So 20 million I mean, of our 300. There's campaigns all the time. Yeah, so 20 million of our 330 million, that's about 6.5% of America. Right, that, that are eligible. eligible right. And not getting and screened. Get yeah. And, you know, you, you get it, right? I mean, the, the prep for a colonoscopy – Taking the day out. I mean, it's it's something people don't like to do, don't like to talk about. Right, right. And that's where we really need to get into that risk stratification. Right. So if you have that, the family history is so important in this disease. Yes. And it, they're also linked it to other cancers. So if there are other cancers, most of the yep. time if you're being treated or have been diagnosed with other cancer, the, the oncologist knows that, oh, well, we need to look at colon cancer, too, because this right. is something that we see together. Okay. And that's that's another pitch that will go in the yep. right direction. Okay. But really, your primary care doctor, that visit, yep. there's, a, there's a spot in there where you fill out family history. Yep. And this is one of the reasons why. Right. You know, and what amazes us is day after day, people come in and they don't know. They're like, well, yeah, you know, my, my mom had something. Yeah. I don't know if it was her colon or her right, ovary, right. and you really need to pay attention to that because right. it's, it's, it's super important, yeah. and it's super important for you to tell your kids as well. Yeah. Dr. Mark, when we come back, we're going to talk about survival rate of colon cancer. We're going to talk about risk factors and the rest of the testing methods to diagnose colon cancer. Sounds great. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones back in the Healthcare Now studios, and we're talking about colorectal cancer. Um, fortunately, we didn't bring any props in today, so that's, that, that's all good. But we were, we wanted let's go back to the the diagnosis, and we kind of yep. started backwards because we started mm-hmm. with colonoscopy, right. which is the most invasive. It's a that's gold right. standard, that's so right. it's the one that's going yep. to miss the fewest cancers. Yep. But the 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 standard for many years was the fecal occult blood test. Yeah, FOBT. Right? Yeah. right? So Explain if you went in, what that is, Dr. Mark. So that is that is very simply looking at some stools a stool sample which okay. can come from from an exam okay. um, or a sample that's given and they check it for it's a guaiac test. It okay. Test, check it it's literally like a dipstick. So it just and it checks changes, for blood in the colon? Checks for blood in the colon. Okay. Because these cancers will release small amounts of blood. You may not mm-hmm. see red blood, but it may be mixed in t- with the stool, so so it can be yeah. detected there. Okay. Now, if you have it and it's positive, that doesn't mean you have colon cancer, but that means we need to go to the next step, which would be colonoscopy. Okay. Now, uh, to be fair, depending on your risk factors and your age, they may just repeat that in six weeks. Okay. You know, they may just go go that route. Okay. But, but so to they be may fair, not just go right to a colon. Right. And so it's every, every patient's okay. going to be different. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the next idea 
idea would be yeah. that you go. So then, so that's a pretty simple one. That's been yeah. around for decades and decades. Cause okay. I can tell you, yep. even in the days before I was in med school, there were, you used to carry around these little cards. Okay. And part of the entry physical exam for folks, typically there was an, there was an age cutoff. Uh-huh. You, they would do a little rectal exam and, okay. and then you take the, the gloved finger and put it on this little card and then you put, two drops of developer right. on it. And so the med students were right. carrying these cards around and they, they were pretty much everywhere. Right. That hasn't changed in all these decades. It's still, okay. it's right. still the classic test, but now there's something much more high tech yeah. that we're, we're, we're and, using. And yeah. And, and it's called a test called Cologuard. Cologuard. And I think Cologuard is actually a trademark name. It is. But you see it's it on name. TV. You see it. And if there is anything. It's got a little cartoon character. Yeah, that, yeah. If there is anything popular about this testing, it would be Cologuard. That's true. I That's think true. the word popular is probably not appropriate. Yeah, here. it is. That's pretty. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's a stretch for sure. Yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Cologuard test, the idea is it's actually looking for yep. DNA right. that is associated right. with right. The cancers. Right. So, so the cancers very early yep. might not bleed at all. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And but but they so should it's a stool sample. They, they shed cells, right? cells off the stool. Exactly, and the stool you. is okay. mostly made up of cell debris. Okay, okay. some yeah. of it's food product, but it's mostly cell debris. Okay. Some of that cell debris comes from the bacteria in our colon, right? And others come from the lining of the colon. Well, the colon cancer occurs in the lining of the colon. So the Cologuard test is going to, it, you know, it's it's not. In unbelievably sensitive, right? It's it's right. Uh, so and so. It's not going to pick up everything. And the thought is, is if you have a family history of colon cancer, you don't go Cologuard. Right. You go right to colonoscopy. Okay. Because you don't want to miss. You know, just statistically, if you take a group that's at higher risk mm-hmm. and you use a test like Cologuard, you're going to miss some people that have colon cancer. So okay. we want to direct them. Okay. The higher risk group is going to be directed to the more invasive procedure. Mm-hmm. And then the Cologuard. Cologuard's a great screening out there. It's covered by most insurance. It's easy to do. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're, uh, they don't necessarily have to be a, a second party involved in the testing. And it's it's pretty straightforward. So that's going to be something that we think is going to change information. And to be fair, this detection of the DNA from cancers is a huge area of research today. Yes. Okay. And we're looking for these DNA Markers, on the one hand, just what what we're talking about, like twenty three and me looking at right, your, your right, blood test. Right. But these we're here. We're looking at genome the individual and all those yeah, kind the of genomic things. testing. Yep. Uh-huh. But this is different. This is looking for abnormal DNA that's being shed by the cancers. Okay. Okay. So what we're trying to figure out is, well, where's that going to be? Well, in cancers of the GI tract, we know mm-hmm. where it's going to end out. Right. Right. So we should be able to trace that, even if it's in a, an esophageal cancer. Okay. We might be able to pick that up. In the colon, if it hasn't been completely okay. decomposed, the, likely the stomach will, and the small intestines are going to destroy that because DNA is a protein, right? So and and it, it it does get dismantled. Right now, the idea of it working well in the colon is because the colon doesn't really do any digestion. It's fairly pH balanced, so it doesn't harm things. It just dehydrates things, okay. right? So that's why that works there. Whereas if you had a, a cancer north of the colon, you might not find that DNA, but we're going to be able to figure out smaller and smaller markers and whether we see them in the blood or the DNA or um, they, you know, when we're looking for lung cancers, we look at sputum, we look at, you know, people cough up and spit in a cup and they look at it there. So that is the the wave of cancer detection in the future okay. is going to involve looking for the DNA of the cancers. Excellent conversation, Dr. Mark. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that 
Colon cancer is preventable. There are over a million and a half colon cancer survivors just in the United States. Oh, for today. sure. For sure. And, and you see it, you know, and, you know, it's not a one and done. You know, right. once you have the, 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 either the resection by colonoscopy mm-hmm. or more like a, the surgical resection, you're going to be followed up. And there, there are those that are rel- you know, thought to be relatively low risk that do have recurrences. And the most likely yep. recurrence is, is going to be a metastasis yep. in the yep. liver, as we mentioned earlier. Right. But so you're going to follow up. And there, there are lots and lots of, of cancer survivors out there today. Yep. yep. And, you know, it's interesting. We've talked about age groups and risk and when you should get one. The American Cancer Society put out an alert that more than 27,000 people. Yep, 27,000 <clears> people in the U.S. Under the age of 50 will be diagnosed with colon cancer by 2030. Right. And and we believe Talk about that. Yeah, doctor. we believe that those are going to be folks from not not all, but folks from the high risk groups. And then we're going to lose some of those and yep. miss them because we think they think they're not in a high risk group because they don't know. Right. They don't know their family right. history and that could be because they, you know, were adopted or that could be because they just, you know, parents didn't yep. talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it's it's so vitally important for you to share this medical information. Yep with the right people. Right. And you know, when you talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, risk factors, black Americans are about 20% more likely to get colon Correct. cancer and 40% more likely to die from colon cancer than other major ethnic groups. Right. And this is, this is one of those inequalities that we see with many diseases. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can kind of broad stroke it and say that we don't have the right access to care and so the African-American population isn't getting picked up on. Right. If you look at the percentage of colonoscopies that are done as just as these screenings, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lower percentage in that yeah. group. And I mean, and that's that's one of those big concerns that we have. And, and let and, me mention two more. Asian-Americans, less than 50 percent of Asian-Americans are up to date with their colorectal screening. And one of the other highest uh, incidences of colorectal cancer for the indigenous communities. Interesting. This Interesting. is all yep. about health equity, is it not, Dr. It, Mark? It is. Well, it's it's access, access, access. Yeah. And and yeah. that's why these these screenings are covered. Yep. And you know, if you're on whether you're on a, a government product or you're have an insurance that's typically like I say not nothing out of pocket, but that does that that helps, but you know, the thing that helps the most is education and right. trying to educate groups and and there's a lot of conversation about this in, in a lot of different types of cancers about what these preventative things and and the thought with colon cancer, which is why you know it's so so commonly talked about, mm-hmm. is that it is so curable if it's exactly. caught at the right stage. Exactly. And you know when we look at some some of these cancers, like there some pancreatic cancers that that the research and the dollars are actually being poured into trying to cure it because we don't have yeah. a good treatment mm-hmm. as opposed to f- trying to catch it early yeah. because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really pay off the same yeah. way that it does with colon yeah. cancer. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it states that one in 10 colorectal cancers are diagnosed in patients under 50 years of age, Dr. Mark, and that these rates are increasingly rising with patients under 50. And one of the things they you ask, why is this happening? And you mentioned it early. Awareness is right. a big part of it. But also, uh, the lack of access to health care is the other one. Well, but I, I don't think that's yeah. the, the, the age thing is really that they just don't think they're going to have it. So they yeah. don't get, get checked. Yeah. So, so that's where we're seeing that shift. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, we don't, 
believe that the incidence of colon cancer is increasing in the young. Right. We just believe that we're they're they're less likely to have an evaluation, which is why yeah. things like Cologuard that become sort of they can become quite routine. It, it, it's Larry. It's always the same bottom line. It's always cost. That's so right. the That's way right. it's calculated is yeah. how successful can we be if we spend the money yep. on a, on any old test. So let's just talk about Cologuard. Yep. So mm-hmm. right now it looks like it Cologuard is worth it, its value. Absolutely. And it, there's it, no well, copay or anything. It, in a certain, yeah. well, but it doesn't matter. It still yeah. costs money, right? Well, so that's I, true. In, in the big picture. Yeah. And so, so when they, when the, the FDA looks at these kinds of things, when CMS decides what they're going to pay for, it's going to be based on, well, okay, if this, if this thing is so expensive that it's really not going to change that many lives without costing more than it would if we let people get right. diagnosed late and then treated them. Right. Then it's out. It's in the trash. Right. But with Cologuard, it it looks like if you yep. do not have a family history, yep. and I think they suggest age forty and up. I don't think I don't think they go below age forty. No, they but, don't. So they like don't. like yeah. let's let's say somebody said, well, I want my I want my fourteen year old to get a Cologuard test. Well, right. that doesn't make economic sense no, no, or scientific no, sense. No. But eventually, Larry, that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to be able to screen for lots and lots of things yep. using these tests that are looking mm-hmm. for. D- right. DNA from cancers. And, you know, uh, knowing that this is colon uh, cancer awareness month, I think a lot of people, in the, especially people that are unknowledgeable about colon cancer, if you're having any kind of irritable bowel syndromes or things like that, people might say, gosh, I may have colon cancer. That's not it. You want to talk about that? Yeah, for I mean, about, that yeah. You know where I'm going right. with this. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they worry about it. So, yeah. so yeah. M- the, the, Mass of colon cancer, almost all of it, is asymptomatic. Okay. okay? So if you're going to have symptoms, you have symptoms with people that have a undetected, very late-stage cancer that has a large cancer mass right. that actually blocks the colon. All right? So that's one way. Another way is to notice blood in the stool that's visible right. blood in the right. stool. Again, that's going to be more advanced, right? But intestinal like pain or, or difficulty – like you say with the irritable bowel, like right, like right. oh you know I eat that 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 doesn't mean you it's have just colon cancer, diet, probably. right? But right. but yeah. there are there's irritable bowel syndrome and there's inflammatory bowel syndrome, right? So in inflammatory bowel syndrome with with ulcerative colitis, you have a much 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 higher risk of getting colon cancer. Okay, okay, yep. and so that's why there's a push for you know treating that. They, we don't understand if it's if it's how severe your ulcerative colitis is and maybe the meds that we use are going to help it or, you know, which groups really need to have their entire colon taken out because by the time they're in their late or in in their Mm twenties, the chance of them having a, a life threatening colon cancer is excessively high. Right. So, you know, you you always get this discussion between the surgeons and the GI docs. Like when someone's diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which can be, you know, that could happen in childhood. Right. Right. When is the right time to do something? Right. And so typically what we see is the GI docs will treat with medications that will keep the ulcerative colitis quiet. Okay. But if they have severe disease, the surgeons are going to say, listen, yeah. it's going to get worse. And it's not going to go away. And it's not going to go away. Yeah, and these drugs right. do have side effects. Right. And they make the, the whole plan better. Right. So so it's more a, a picking a timing in life that this makes sense. Because, right. you know, 
people like to have a colon. You of know, course. My, you know, and, 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 and it's where your colons, nutrients come from. No, yeah. none of your nutrients. Nope, none? No, none of your nutrients. No, no, not your colon. The colon, colon okay. just absorbs water. Okay. But, but it controls like how many times you need to go to the bathroom. Right. 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 So okay. so that's that's the thing. It's like the, the joke is, you know, it's it's always always good to take your colon to a party. Absolutely. You know? and, and so that's a big push for doing something else. Okay. Well, you know, it's so important, Dr. Mark. You know, we talk about on healthcare now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Uh, we want to make Colon Awareness Month very Im- impactful. Very well And known. the bottom line is, if you've got high risk factors, act now. Don't put it off. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We are ready to jump on to a new topic, yes. and we're going to go from a topic that, that affects the uh, the adult world much more uh, in the first two segments yep. to uh, to children's mental health. Yes. Talk about the kids. Very yeah. important topic, Dr. Mark. We should you probably know, only talk about the kids. That's right. I think, you know, all of us adults are just yep. lost causes at this point. Well, I know that you have a special professional bond with that. Sure. As uh, being a pediatric surgeon. Absolutely. And you've probably seen some of this in your in your career. Of course. But in 2021, I want to go through a couple facts here for you. In 2021, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, and the Children's Hospital Association declared children's mental health a national emergency, Dr. Mark. Yep. I mean, we, we were seeing that across the board. We talked about mm-hmm. this on all our COVID shows about the mental health surges that we were seeing and, yeah. and the, especially the effect on kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned, we, we talk about access a lot. Right. And so the idea you know, for a child, their access is hundred percent driven by their parents. Exactly. And so, so now you've got, not only do you have a child who really isn't going to, they're not going to look in the mirror and go, man, right. I really right. need, I really right. need to talk to somebody they, they have a parent that's got to figure these things out. And it is a right. very difficult dynamic. Yes. Well, you know, I think, the, and when you talk about access in parents, less than a third of children who went to the emergency room last year in, 2020, in 2021 with mental health issues, less than a third, Dr. Mark, had a follow-up with a mental health yeah. provider. And, yeah, and these are people who, you know, they went to the ER for a reason, for a reason, yep. and we're yep. told yep. you need to follow up with a mental yep. health provider, yep. and for a myriad of reasons, yep. they and, don't go. And those reasons could be anxiety, behavioral problems, or even depression among children. Doctor Mark. Yeah, those are those are the reasons that they went those into the, the ER. Yeah, the yeah, reasons they went, the ER. went. Yeah, and yet only a third of those patients ever followed up with a healthcare provider, right. and I mean right. ever. And so, in six months or less. They're back in the ER, Dr. Well, I mean, that, the, that's the issue that we have. We talk about ER visits. The ER is not your primary care. No. 
And in the ER, what their role in mental health is, is to intervene if there's going to be harm done to the patient if they're not stopped. Okay, so if so, if a patient is having suicidal thoughts or thoughts yep. of harming themselves, yep. then the ER can yep. snap into action yep. and admit a patient, right. even against their will, right? But and, doesn't it almost have to get to that point before a parent will do something, Doctor Mark? Well, I, no, I, w- I wouldn't blame the parents on that completely. I mean, it's I mean, I think it's education on whether the parents are expect expecting okay. it. Okay, so I think that we're getting definitely getting better, and that's the whole point of this sh- of this show. Absolutely. That's the whole point of the advertising that goes out there about mental health Mm -hmm. awareness and there's you know millions of dollars pumped into the system just to get the message out and it's not that the parent the parents don't they're not doctors right they don't they don't recognize the signs right and so we're trying to help that we're trying to make it easier but that so that's one problem is recognition the other problem is the stigma of getting involved with mental health and the child probably doesn't carry that stigma Mm -hmm. to any great degree, but the parents might, right? right? The parents might feel like, you know, did I fail my child? If my child needs Mm -hmm. to go see a psychologist or psychiatrist, you know, and I'm, I'm not a good parent and the, the, it's, that's, that's the opposite of what's true. Right. What's true is if they need it, they need it. And you're not being a good parent if you don't make it happen. Right. And then finally, just flat out access. How many pediatric Psychiatrists yep. and psychologists are available. Major shortage of mental health professionals for children. Across the board, Mark. and yep. but, but even yep. worse with kids. You know, it's interesting. I surveyed just in the last week, knowing we were going to be talking about this, one of the largest pediatric groups in Orlando, which has 16 pediatric offices. And I asked them, some of their nurses, what do you do when kids come in with mental health issues? Right. And they said that they have a list of mental health providers that they refer these kids too. Right. But they said that less than half of the parents actually get them to these providers. Well, I think there's a thought that, you know what, this is just going to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, or, uh, okay. Now that, now that I recognize this is going on as a parent, I can help. And then there's some truth to that. There is some, truth. but at the same time, let's look at the down. What is the downside of going ahead and having that visit? Because I would, I would have to tell you that with this shortage of mental health care providers, Mm -hmm. They're working hard, and it's not like they're out looking for patients that don't need help. Right. And so if you go into the office and you have an evaluation, there's a really great chance that that, that health care provider is going to say, you know what, thanks for coming in. I think, uh, you know, if yep. you work on this, this, and this, this, this may be handled. Let me know if I can help you later. They're not going to tell you, right. okay, this, I'm going to bankrupt you and make right. you come and see me every day. That, right. that it's that's really not that kind of deal. And, you know, Dr. Mark, I didn't get who those providers were in Orlando, but what I do have, and this is for not only kids but adults, there's a National Alliance on Mental Health 24-Hour Hotline. And that hotline is 800-950-6264. And that can be called by, by the, the, the minor. It can yep. be called by the parent. And you can reach out and get information. They're going to give you resources, tell yep. you where you can get mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, you know, if someone is trying to harm themselves or, yep. or others, yep. you, you need to do something faster than that. And that may require yep. a trip yep. to the emergency room. Yep. But in, in most circumstances, you're going to be able to do this a different way. Right. And, you know, ADHD is a big issue among kids. And they consider that in the mental health realm. Sure. Do you feel that is in fact a mental health issue, Doctor? No, of course, Martin? yeah, of course. I mean, what talk other, about ADHD. I mean, what other kind of you don't go see your cardiologist for attention deficit disorders. I right, mean, right. And for for one thing, 
You want to see a specialist. And there are pediatricians who are trained specialists to identify and treat this. Okay. That that are not necessarily psychiatrists. Because ADHD is fairly common, right? It, it is fairly yeah. common. It's some, people might feel like it's overdiagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you are concerned about that, you want to talk to your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And if the pediatrician has somebody in the practice that feels comfortable doing the evaluations okay. and they, that they, they can do that, and if not or you're not comfortable with that, you can go see a mental health yep. professional. And, yeah, that they, they have standardized testing mm-hmm. for pretty much anything that you're going to be concerned about. Okay. And they don't just sit there and, and take a, a quick look at the child and go, nope, that's not it. I mean, they, they, they really put the process to the yeah. test and, and try to figure okay. it all out. Well, it's estimated that there are 6 million kids a year diagnosed with ADHD, Dr. Mark, in America. That is uh, if you a look, lot of kids. Well, that's also a lot more than there were 20 years ago, right. which argues, right. is it more common or is it yeah. more diagnosed or right. it's probably right. both. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, that that's true. I, you know, this, I, as we know, I think the listeners know that the way the show yeah. works is you, you come up with stuff and I'm sort of off the cuff. So if, sure, so if sure. I don't have the current data, I'm no. not going to push it. No, you're But good. with ADHD, yeah. it is absolutely something that you don't want to just toy around with. Right. That if as a parent, yeah. you feel like, man, that was kind of a snapshot. Cause you, people will get diagnosed at school. Yes. They'll have a school yeah. counselor call the counselor, you yeah. and say that, you know, so we this, got behavioral your, problems your with kid this child. needs, you need to go see somebody and get some medicine. Right. Well, you know what? They're speaking out of turn and occasionally they're right, but they're speaking right. out of turn. I get and you. so yep. as a parent, your job is to go to the right care provider and you can yep. start with your primary care provider and then take it from there. Yep. But you don't, you don't want to jump anywhere in any quick direction because that isn't a life threatening yep. issue, yep. Uh, but it, it's something that really does affect lives. Right. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting when you really break this down, the uh, Mental Health Association and the American Academy of Pediatrics indicate that one in six children between the ages of two and eight have a mental, behavioral, or developmental disorder. Yeah, that makes sense. And and if it's probably it's about sixteen percent. Yeah, and if you look yeah. at the adult population, it's it's not going to be any different. It's probably higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly out there. Yeah. And you know, you're looking at a pretty because. All those we we pull. There's a lot of stuff that comes across the internet. There's yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff that comes across these yeah. these. I'm air quoting healthcare journals, right? And it all depends on how they make the definition, right? right? If right. if everyone has a bout of depression, okay, everyone experiences anxiety, right? Right. So when these normal emotions that make us human start to start to interfere with your everyday life, your ability to do the things that you're supposed to do, then it's a problem. Right. And it's not just the existence of anxiety in in an individual doesn't make it a disease. So if it impacts your daily schedule and routine, yep. then it's probably something you need to take a look at. Right. Th- then it becomes, that's when s- something goes from just being a characteristic that you have. Right, right. Or an emotion okay. that you're feeling to something that is now impacting yeah. your health because yep. your health is your wellness, your overall ability to live a, you know, safe and happy life. Right. So, right. so that's, that's the kind of thing it's, 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 that's that way, you know, I think that's the problem is we feel really comfortable when we talk about physical ailments mm-hmm. because let's say you've got allergies, right. right. And well, do I, do I have to take an allergy medicine 
or do I have to get rid of my cat? Yep. I'm not a cat fan, by the way. So, you know, neither am I. uh, Sorry, cat fans. I was just going to say, we just knocked out (laughs) half of our listeners. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, But, but so we like cats. We just don't want to own them. That's right. (laughs) And so, so, you know, so at some point, the allergies become. They conflict with your daily life, your yep. ability to concentrate. Okay. You may get other symptoms, and now that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. And so it has now yeah. jumped from just a yeah, I've got, I've got some mild allergies oh. to you know every, Those severe every, allergic yeah. reactions or even just natural allergies can be very very right um, if if they become limiting. Yeah. If, yeah. And if they yeah. are, then they're addressed. Yep. If they're not. Yep. Then they're not right, and so you know that's why some of these studies can really blow up the numbers. But you know, I I don't have a problem with it in this area of children's mental health because uh-huh. it's clearly under recognized, right, and it's undertreated. Well, the thing that I was going to ask you, Doctor Mark, is in your opinion, and I realize it's your opinion, are pediatricians educated on me- children's mental health? Yes. Yes, they are. They okay. Are. Yeah. Okay. And so, so your pediatricians, your family care docs, mm-hmm. um, are are both educated on kids' mental health. Okay. They're educated on ADHD. They're educated on behavioral and developmental disorders. And they're, I mean, that's the job of these primary cares. That's why okay. it's a hard job okay. because they need to know a lot of things. And probably one of the important, most important things that they need to know mm-hmm. is when they want to call their specialist in. Okay. Right. And they are they are the gatekeeper. They are the ones, not the emergency room. Right. Okay. And I want you to talk about one more thing because I know we're going to break in about a minute. Over diagnosing and usage of drugs on children when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Talk again, about that for a second. I mean, Mark. that that goes back to I, I'm just not I'm not the expert on that. I, I okay. can tell you there's okay. a lot of opinions. The overall opinion today is that that yeah you know there's a little too much of this these drugs being prescribed right, right. is that accurate Ritalin's a big one right right I mean yep. and, and is that well that's the that's the one that's been around the longest and yep. it's also really hard to get okay uh, in some circumstances but that that is a that that's that's two shows worth of discussion between two experts that disagree okay. as a, as okay. opposed to having a, an armchair expert say, yep. say what your opinion is. Good discussion, Dr. Mark. When we come back, we're going to talk about how major retailers are trying to change how America consumes health care. I'll share lots of opinions about that. Exactly. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones, and we are on our last segment here. We're going to talk about something that we really enjoy going on and on about. And, and we've been following it for a long time, we have, Dr. Mark. We have. Yeah. You know, we, and the topic is, is, you know, how major retailers are trying to change healthcare in America. Yes. And is it good? Yes. Is it bad? 
and is it going to work? Is it not going to work? And so yep. we, we have lots of opinions about that. But yep. let's let's go over some of these some of these uh, observations. Yep. They're not they're not studies. They're yep. observations, right. right? And they're sort of reports. That, they're more business reports than anything. They are. They are. And we do not know what the outcome is going to be. But I think we have we've got a pretty good idea. Right. Well, let me frame it. What's happening at the core? These companies are pulling together different tech-enabled services, urgent care, primary care home and specialty care, pharmacy, and in some cases, fully integration of the insurer to the patient. Right, right. And so let's talk about some of these, Dr. Mark. Yeah, and I think the, the main driver, that because we'll, we'll talk about companies and, and what yep. their products, the main driver here is really to drive individuals towards the products and services that the companies already are great yep. at delivering. Yep. But they're looking to grab market share and and using the entry portal yep. to that market share as healthcare. Yep. Because healthcare affects everyone in the United States. Yep. And so so in one sense, if you're in a boardroom and you're talking about this business, this is brilliant. Yes. Because if I want to say, yes. well, let's see, we, we let's we want to increase our market share. Yep. How can we get people yep. in the door? Yep. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's like the old, you know, I loved it when, when uh, Planet Fitness has like bagel and pizza days, you know, right, they're right. going to bring people in and give them calories and then have you burn them up, right? So they're going to get yeah. people in the door. So these groups are getting people in the door because they're saying, well, everybody needs health care. And we right. can even say, and we're doing everybody a favor because we're, we're going to do it more yep. cheaply, yep. but, but they, they pay for it through that increased yep. market share. Well, what better way to use these types of retail engagement to gain access and more engaged patients and particularly to to better serve the underserved I, in the US. I mean, you know, I'm it, I'm, I'm going to argue right. it. Yeah, it, I mean, brilliant. It's, it's, brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Right. It's yeah. brilliant. Well, it's I mean, we talk about, you know, we're 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 local Disney folks, right? So, right. you know, we we owe a lot our economy in Orlando and Central Florida owes a lot lot to Disney. Yep. But it is they come up with the most brilliant strategies to increase market share yep. or increase yep. flow. Yep. I mean, I think the best one they ever did, I can't say that, I can't say mm-hmm. best. One of the best is, you know, if you look at a chart of of dollars that come in per minute, you're going to mm-hmm. notice somebody in the boardroom looks and said, well, why is this Why is this at zero right here? Well, well yep. sir, I mean, the parks are all closed. Well, yep. how can we get people in the parks like early in the morning, like at four, three yeah. in the morning? Who who might come then? And they said, you know who you know who's crazy enough to get up at that time and do something? Runners, right? And they started having half marathons and marathons uh, constantly, and they are huge hits. Oh, and and you know have when fifty thousand people at and, these things, and if you got to line up for this race yeah. at at three four a.m., yeah. You're going to spend the night at the hotel. Didn't they just have one be, last month? Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. one last week. Yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. they've got. Uh, yeah, it's so so. That's brilliant. Okay, mm-hmm. so now let's let's go to another company and let's go to well, Amazon. Let me go, let's oh, stay on to... Disney one second. Uh-oh. Disney was one of the first large employers in in Central Florida to to establish their own on-site employee primary care clinics. Right. Yep. Yep. And they they've morphed they what they're doing. It. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the idea there is. Improved access. Yep. They're going to get people back to work faster. Yep. 
And quite frankly, if they can manage the cost of their health care as an organization, yep. they're going to do much better than right. when they third party it. That's right. And and there's you know, we could we could do a whole show on on the evolution of Disney and healthcare oh, because because without it's now at another level. But we're that yeah. d- different topic, but yeah, very, very, very yeah. good information. Okay. All right. So, so so talk about Amazon. So, you know, Amazon got in the game early on, um, about what, six years ago, they started talking with Berkshire Hathaway and JP yep. Morgan and yep. said, you know, we're going to create a healthcare system that's going to cover all of our employees because that we're talking about millions of employees. Right. So the three of them are going to get together. And these are three folks that have, you know, amazing boards and CEOs yep. and lots of money. A million employees and combined. Yeah, combined. And yep. I, yeah, I think it was more. Yeah. So yep. in the combined. Yep. Right. And so this made great sense, but we can go back on the shows when we said that's not going to work that's right. because they're too disparate in what yep. they do. Yep. And sure enough, and two years they, later, two years they later, disbanded they, it. they disbanded. Nothing, right. nothing happened. And there was, right. they, they had stuff with the department. Just, they had oh. all these, tri- they spent the, millions the of dollars. The feds were on top oh, yeah. of it. And, and they got everything got approved. That's right. And after millions of dollars of work, they went, yeah, bad idea. Yep. But each one of them, they even hired one of the leading Healthcare executives in the country, if you remember, yeah, to, 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 to run, run that, it, to run yeah. it, yep, yeah. And so then, so then Amazon came up first and said, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore, but we are going to do this. That's right. And so they have grown. We've talked about Amazon in this marketplace. Yep. Uh, certainly every supply month. chain. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and what they do, yeah. what they do better than anybody yeah. is logistics. Yeah. So but I can tell you, I probably see more Amazon trucks on the road today than any other kind of company out there. Right. And then they're that's everywhere. Good, and that's a good business decision example because Amazon looked and said, we're spending a lot of money on UPS and FedEx. Yep. yep. Let's let's make let's do this it a ourselves. Business. So yep. they they put it out there that said if you got ten thousand dollars, yep, we will give you a truck. Right. And you can you can work for Amazon. And they built their own fleet. Yep. And yep. well the, and well it's kind of interesting they mm-hmm. they they the idea where they pitched for a lot of these is that these were you're, you're self employed. Right. And so you get the ten thousand dollars kind of like a down payment on right. the truck and, right. and, and so it works. So yeah, they're everywhere now. Yeah. Now they are. now I didn't argue that I for actually a saw second. three in my neighborhood at one time last week. Yeah, I'm sure. Three yep. different Amazon trucks. Yep, yep. They're all and they are they're independent and they have their sections. Yeah. But see that I said that's brilliant because that is in their wheelhouse. That makes sense. But when they turn up and say we're going to deliver health care. Well, you can't put health care in a box and deliver it to somebody's doorstep and wait yep. for them to pick yep. it up, right? Yep. And so they they have been in and out of this arena for the last several years. And I'm not saying they're not making an impact because they just spent what was it uh, on that on the last company? Well, they just bought one medical for four billion dollars, so, which is a primary care clinics across right. the country, and it's it's mostly tele telehealth, all all virtual, right? Correct. So yep. so, do they know more about the management of that space yep. Yep. than the next person? And that that's gonna yep. that's gonna tell you whether or not it makes any sense. Yeah. Well, you now, know, with their broad reach and supply chain, there are several things that. They possibly could even get into into the future, Doctor Mark. Obviously, we know about pill pack and, and medications. Oh, yeah, well, but again, but that but, that made perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, because that you didn't have to know anything about medicines or yep. medicine. Yep. All you needed to know yep. is logistics of how do I deliver it at the best cost. Right. You know, and, and how long has pill pack been out there? Maybe three years. 
Uh, I think more than that. I it's think maybe yeah, five I think years. Yeah, five years. Yeah. And yeah. now it's yeah. the number yeah. one delivery of meds in the country. Right. In right. five years. Yeah. Which which makes sense if it's that's delivery. Yeah. If that's your problem, that you're going to Amazon can solve it. Yeah. All right. Yep. So so I don't. I mean, we talk about that. You bring a pill pack every time because it's been so successful. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't consider that anywhere close to being related to anything else that they're doing in healthcare. Right. Because right. it's just delivery. That's it, just a delivery. It could system. be it could have been yeah. it could have been chocolate. I mean yeah. they're it just been anything. delivered, right? Yeah. So. yeah, I got you. Okay. But but what they are doing is they do they were they were actually talking about in first they did in Seattle, then they spread it out to Washington State, more at large, and they were talking about delivering care, like physical care, sending physical therapists and nurses yep. to people's homes to deliver care. Right. And why would Amazon do that? Right. Well, I don't think they're doing that anymore. No. And they certainly no. they said they were going to be in 52 states within six months. That's right. And instead, they're getting into telehealth. Now, right. telehealth, it's a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little more hands-off. Yep. The, yep. the problems that you run into in telehealth. But it breeds access. Right, yep. right. No, it's, no yep. telehealth is great. Yep. yep. But how does it relate to Amazon? Well, if you remember, Amazon rolled out just recently – their Amazon clinic through their Amazon Prime customers. You remember that? Yep, we talked sure. about that a uh-huh. couple of weeks ago. Yep. And they have an RX Pass program that not only gives them a five, it's a $5 a month prescription service and where they can get their generics and they can get a, a an appointment with a primary care physician. Right. right. Telehealth. Right. So they're, so they're t- kind of skipping out on the, on the, on the uh, bricks and mortar. Yep. Like we're going to talk about some right. of these other companies yep. that, that are driving, and they're driving some sales of product with the, these memberships. So, so that's a piece. Yep. I mean, honestly, it's a stretch, but I, 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 I get it. But I, I just yep. don't, I don't see that being yep. the. I mean, and they're brilliant leaders yep. there, brilliant. Yep. But I just don't see how how this connects. Yep. Well, them and many other retailers are really changing how America consumes healthcare today. Well, no question about it. I don't know. I don't, I don't think there is a question about it because yeah. I don't think the numbers show that that's happening yet. Okay. Now, is okay. it going to happen? It yeah. could. It could be. Yeah. And I think the the more impactful piece is going to be on the healthcare providers, right? Not on the not on the patients, right? Because I do not agree that they are making it easier for somebody to see a doctor, right? Okay. I think right. they're just by putting, so we can jump on some of the other companies like Walmart, CVS. Yeah. Well, just, just to give you an example, the other day, uh, one of my grandkids uh, had pretty severe uh, asthma attack mm-hmm. and my wife, my uh, daughter couldn't get his doctor on the phone. They did a telehealth visit with another physician that they didn't even know. And he got him some meds and he was fine. Yep. I mean, the, and the, there's definitely going to yeah. be. So there are alternatives. There are alternatives. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, but the. The physicians, you know, so does CVS or Amazon yep. need to be at the helm with that? Right. And right. And, and they don't. Yep. Um, and, yep. But with CVS, yep. where does that doctor yep. tell you to get your med? Yep. He just called it into CVS. Right. Right. So at least there, you know, I see the drive there. Mm-hmm. But that it's it's all right now. It's just the yep. impact. We don't know what it's going to be yet. Yep. We, we worry from our side. We worry about the impact on yep. the primary care providers. Absolutely. Because – they're not so Amazon, CVS, and Walmart. Yep. they don't own a single and medical Walgreens. school. Yep, not one medical school yep. do they exactly. own. Right? Exactly. So they can't make new doctors. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. But so what they're going to do is shuffle it up and right. take these doctors and move. It. 
I mean, are these doctors failing? No, they're not. Not at all. They're not. Yep. You know, some of them work for hospitals. Some of them work on their own. Some of them right. work in groups. In our, they're not looking. Yep. You know, they're not looking for that change. That's right. And That's right. you know, and and if it becomes a change of you know the different changing the type yep. of provider, right? Well, we don't have a we don't have a yep. a model that has studied that says we should change yep. that. Yeah, we have we exactly. have good physicians and physician extenders, and you know, we can really make that happen. So I don't know. We didn't we didn't get to cover a huge amount today. Yeah. But but well, I mean today but in this, this section. Yeah. But we are going to come back and we'll for talk future about shows this again. Yep. And it just on, honestly, I'll, I'll just go on on record and say whether or not this works is one thing. Whether or not it helps healthcare delivery to Americans is another. Exactly. And I am skeptical. I agree. Great show, Doctor Mark. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now.